Romans chapter 11, verse number 30. If you are able and willing, I would invite you to stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. Read verse 30 down through verse 32. And uh, we'll jump right into it. The Bible said, For as ye in time past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much, Lord. I thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your grace, your love. Thank you for being a God who is worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. Lord, thank you for being a God who can receive our prayer requests, Lord, and not only hear them, but do something with them. I pray you bless these needs that have been mentioned tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd lift, lift the ones that are burdened. God, I pray you would comfort those that are uh, facing different circumstances. Lord, touch the sick, I pray. Uh, be with the ones who came here tonight. Bless them for being here. Lord, be with the ones who wanted to be here tonight and could not be for whatever reason. I pray you'd meet with us for a little while. I pray you'd bring glory to yourself. Help me do the word of God justice tonight, I pray. Lord, encourage the saint. Lord, if there's one lost, I pray you'd show them their need of you. And they'll trust you as Lord and Savior before it's eternally too late. Lord, I'll be with us in the remainder of this service. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You might be seated. Thank you for standing to reverence the Word of God. We'll jump right into it tonight. Won't, don't, not planning to take a bunch of your time, but I want to give you what God's given me. Uh, I always point this out uh, when going through particularly these studies. But when you find, God doesn't waste words. Can I say it that way? God does not waste words uh, but we recognize that these are not the words of Paul. These are the words of God penned by Paul. God, uh, God uh, gave the words and Paul wrote them down. And verse number 30 starts with the word for. And one thing I've tried to echo many times throughout the book of Romans is when you find the word for, it's pointing back to something. It's God is building upon it. And that's what we see here in verse number 30. Uh, let me say this. The previous verse teaches that God will not go back on his promises to Israel. Aren't you thankful that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance? Brother Thomas, God made promises to the nation of Israel. He chose them as his people to be a special people above all other people. Why did he do it, Brother Jacob? It's so the Messiah would have a line to come. Uh, Jesus would be a Jew, but he would be of the tribe of Judah. Brother Jim, that, 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 uh, that facet wouldn't be... Uh, I couldn't say it if he had not picked a people. He picked a people, then he specified it would be of a tribe. He was the son of David. Amen. But praise God, he was the son of God. Uh, the previous verse, verse number 29, taught us that he won't go back on his promises to Israel. The previous verse teaches that God will not change his mind about Israel. There are people today who change, have changed their minds about a lot of different things. There's some people who love someone one minute and they hate them the next minute. We call that fickle, by the way. Can I just give a side message to the grown-ups here? Uh, amen. Uh, you, know, fickle, you know who's really fickle? Teenage girls. Amen. If you ain't a teenage girl, don't be fickle. Amen. Love at all times. Praise God. But that's a different message for a different day. Y'all with me? Say amen. God will not change His mind about Israel. Many want Him to and try to imply that God has changed His mind, but they are still the apple of his eyes. They are his chosen people. Amen. And just because he loves us as the church does not mean he loves Israel any less. He loves them a whole bunch and he loves us a whole bunch. And I'm okay with that. Amen. That's what the previous verse teaches. 
these verses tonight, verses 30, 31, and 32, these verses point back to these realities and build on the fact that God has not shut the door on Israel. I'll be honest with you, I was going over this um, in the past couple of days. Uh, Brother Jim, I initially wanted to call this message God's Doorstop of Mercy. And uh, we could maybe call it that, but the truth of the matter is a doorstop is an object you put in front of a door to keep the door open. Brother Jim, God has not put an object in front of the door to keep it open. He's God. He opened the door and He's just left it open. Brother, there's nothing blocking God, preventing God from shutting the door. God and His sovereignty has just allowed the door to remain open. There's no little yellow uh, triangle wedging the door open. No, God and His grace and God and His mercy has left the door open. God's help tonight on preach on this thought for a few moments. The door is still open. The door is still open. Let's jump right into tonight. Verse number 30. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Number one, we see out of verse number 30, the door is still open for the Gentiles. Amen. Aren't you glad the door is still open for the Gentiles? How does this verse further prove that God has not shut the door on the nation of Israel? God has not shut the door on the nation of Israel because He did not shut the door on the Gentiles. That's what that verse is telling us right there. Uh, for ye in times, uh, for as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Brother Jim, it says that we were lost. We didn't believe God. We stood in unbelief. But Sister Linda, now we've obtained mercy. Why? Because they rejected Him. Now He's uh, showing His goodness not just to the Jew but to the Gentile also. Amen. God has not put the uh, shut the door on Israel because He did not shut the door on us. In times past, we the Gentiles did not believe God, yet now have we obtained mercy through their unbelief, through Israel's unbelief. Us obtaining mercy through uh, uh, their unbelief is illustrated in Romans chapter 11, verse number 11. I'm not going to go back and preach it again, but I do want to read it again. The Bible said in Romans 11, 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall, God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to Jealousy. I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but we're talking about the door being open. And who is the door? The Bible tells us, Gospel of John, that Christ is the door. Amen. And the door is still open. It was open to the Jews. It's open to the Gentiles. And it's still open to the Jews and to the Gentiles. You say, why, Brother Jacob? Because he is a God who is rich in mercy. The door's still open. He said, Brother Jacob, what are you talking about that open door? As a six-year-old boy, Sister Linda, I was headed for hell. I stood in unbelief and one day God waved the banner and said, the door's open. What I do? I walked through the door of faith and got into Jesus Christ. Are y'all hearing me tonight? I'm glad uh, as a little boy that that uh, spring, uh, that, that year in March, praise God, when God the Holy Ghost came by my way and I walked through the door and I've been different ever since. The door's still open. Y'all hear me tonight? Y'all better wait. Brother Bill ain't here today. Amen. Y'all gonna step up your amen games tonight. I'm glad that God left the door open. Let me say this. We're talking about the door still being open for the Gentiles. Let me say this. this is something that uh, it doesn't resonate with a lot of people in the world today. They, they, they have in their mind that God is some uh, big uh, pushover, sissy, hippie God. Uh, number one, he's not a hippie, so quit implying that he is. He's not a sissy. That's right. 
And He's not a pushover. Amen. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. But He is also a loving God. This is something that the, the world doesn't understand. This is, this is what I'm about to say is like cuss words to the world today. But God is a proponent of giving people what they deserve. Justice. He is a just God. But the same God who is just and who will give people what they deserve, the same side of God, Sister Judy, is that the God who will also give people what they do deserve, sometimes God will not give people what they do deserve. That is mercy. He is a just God, but He is a merciful God. The world today says that uh, people shouldn't have to pay for their crimes and everybody should get a do-over. And uh, Listen, I, I'm for grace, I'm for love, but I'm going to tell you something. Your actions have consequences. Somebody say amen for that. But thank God in the economy of God, there is a little bit of grace. There's a little bit of mercy. Amen. If God would have shut the door on us, listen to me, if God would have shut the Gentiles out and said, all Gentiles are going to hell. If God had said all the Gentiles are going to hell, He would have been just in doing so. Because yes, we stood in unbelief. We've uh, Gentiles for uh, thousands of years have, have worshipped the sun, moon, and the stars, and the trees, and the birds, and the, fi- uh, uh, and the fish of the sea. We've worshipped all kinds of things with Him. And unbelief, blind unbelief. And if God said every Gentile can go to hell, He would have been just to do that. Because that's what we deserved. But praise be unto God. He didn't give us what we deserved. Amen. He gave us something that we did not deserve, and that is grace. God, Brother George, we deserved it, but God kept the door open for us. And that is nothing short of mercy. That is nothing short of not getting what we did deserve. You say, Brother Jake, what are you talking about? I need y'all. I need y'all. Hear me. Hear me good. I want to preach a long time on him. As a sinner, you and I deserve hell. We deserve to die in our sins. We deserve to spend eternity separated from God in the charred walls of the dam. That's where we deserve to be. But God who is rich in mercy, wherewith He loved us, sent His Son in the fullness of times that He died in our place. And if we'll believe on Him, we get a get out of hell free card. Somebody say amen for that. I'm thankful tonight that He left the door open. Uh, praise God. And uh, Brother Tim, I deserve hell. I deserve to be shut out. I deserve to be blocked out. I deserve to go through this life on my own. But I have a God who left the door open. Now I'm in the family of God. And I've got joy and peace that passes all understanding. Are you hearing me? A God left the door open for the Gentiles. And because God left the door open for the Gentiles, that means He's got to leave the door open for the Jews. The door's still open for the Gentiles. Number two, the door's still open for the Jews. Look at verse 31. Even so have these also now not believed... And that through your mercy, they also may obtain mercy. The door, to help, well, the door was held open for us through Jews' unbelief. They rejected their Messiah. He stood there as, a, I think it was chapter number 10 tells us, He stood there as a God with outstretched arms, but they wouldn't look at Him. They wouldn't run to Him. They wouldn't believe Him. They wouldn't accept Him. John 1 tells us perfectly, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. Now listen, y'all, hear me good. That, that triumphal Sunday uh, when Jesus rode in, that Palm Sunday rather, uh, when Jesus uh, uh, came in and they had the palm leaves, and they, well, they were saying, Hosanna, rain. They were saying, rain now, King, rain now. And the same ones who said, rain now, cried crucified the next day. He wasn't presenting himself to the Gentile nations, he was presenting himself to a Jewish people, and they rejected him. 
And because of their unbelief, God says the door's open for the Gentiles. And now since we've got in, now that we're in Him, now that we have been received of Him, now that we've obtained mercy, now the door's held open for them through our mercy, through our obtaining mercy. Let me say, this is beautiful, beautiful. I, I may not describe it good, but I'm going to try. We got to get mercy because they rejected mercy. And now that we've rejected mercy, Brother Thomas, now because we've received it, the door's still open to them. We get in on the gospel because they rejected the gospel. We get in on Christ because they rejected Christ. Now we've got mercy and God says, hey, mercy's still available to them. Amen. Us obtaining mercy means that they too can obtain mercy. Mercy. So, what do you mean, brother? Jake? Why do we? Uh, why do we support two uh, missionaries uh, uh, to the Jews? Why? And got another missionary. I got a call back. He, he's he's with hope of Israel. He he's wanting to go reach uh, Jews as well. Why do we support men like that? Why do we give love offerings to men like that to, to go reach the Jews? Because the same God that saved this Gentile dog can save a, a Jew who's rejected the Lord of Glory. And if we can obtain mercy, they can obtain mercy. What are you trying to get at, brother Jacob? If Gentiles can receive mercy and Jews Jews can receive mercy. What does that mean? Everybody, everywhere can receive mercy. The vilest of sinner can receive mercy. Uh, there's some people who think, well, God will forgive this sin, but not that sin. And God will forgive this and not that. And you can do that and I'll love you. But if you do that, I won't love you. Listen, man may be that way, but I'm glad uh, uh, the gracious, merciful God of, of all heaven and earth uh, can forgive men for sins. Uh, you say, mine was small. Uh, you say, mine was big. Uh, you say, your, mine was a white lie and, and yours was a big lie. Listen, we weigh them all we want to, but all sin weighs the same. For the wages of sin is death. That's pretty transparent. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sister Landy didn't say the wages for big sins or the wages for small sins or, or uh, 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 simple sins or uh, extravagant sins. No, that's not what it said. It says sin equals death. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Them, uh, us receiving mercy, us obtaining mercy means they too can obtain mercy. If God had shut the door on them, like just same way with us, if God had shut the door on the Gentiles, we would have deserved it. Brother George, if God would have shut the door on the Jews, guess what? They would have deserved it. They would have deserved it. Sinners deserve the consequences. But God is merciful. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Yes, sir. Uh, they would have deserved it. But God kept the door open for them. Why? Because the gifts and calling of God concerning them are without repentance. But And God kept the door open for them because He kept the door open for us. What are you saying? I'm just saying we got a God who keeps the door open for us. Uh, look, what, there's, a, there's a motel slogan. I don't even remember which one it is. Motel 6, Super 8. We'll, we'll leave the light on. Praise God. God's like that, but He ain't leaving the light on. He keeps the door open. Amen. And He welcomes you to come back home. He welcomes you to get right. He welcomes you to get saved. Aren't you glad we serve a God who is merciful? Yes, sir. Amen. He's kept the door open for them because He kept the door open for us. These realities of God not shutting the door on the nation of Israel are nothing short of mercy. They're nothing short of them not getting what they do deserve. Y'all with me that people who reject God deserve to have the door shut? Those who abide in unbelief, they deserve to have the door shut. Those that mock God deserve to have the door shut. We, 
Truth be told, we all deserve for God to shut the door on us. But the same God who opened the door for them or left the door open for them or held the door open for them is the same God who opened the door for us, kept it open for us. And He opened it for us, He'll open it for them. I'm saying God opens the door, keeps the door open for the Gentiles and the Jews. Lastly, verse 32. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that He might have mercy upon all. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that He might have mercy on all. Mercy upon all. I don't know about you, but if you're an all, you ought to be thankful for mercy upon all. We saw, firstly, that the door is still open for the Gentiles. Secondly, we saw the door is still open for the Jews. But lastly, we see the door is still open for all. The door is still open for all. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief. God concluded them all. But sometimes we don't use that particular word uh, in the same way in English that, that they did in biblical times. It's not the... It's not the we wouldn't say this exact way, but the word concluded here is the same. Like I said, I don't speak Greek and neither do you, but I did find an entry. The, the, the word concluded is the same uh, Greek word for the uh, English word enclosed. We would spell it E-N-C-L-O-S-E-D, but the Bible spells it I-N-C-L-O-S-E-D. So what do you mean, Brother Jacob? Concluded is the same picture, Brother Ed, in Luke chapter number 5, that in a net was enclosed a whole lot of fishes. What do you mean? As all them fishes are enclosed in one net, when God concludes man, all to be sinners, He put man in the same net. In the same room, in the same boat. You say, what do you mean, Brother Jacob? He put everybody in, um, he, he recognizes everybody in unbelief. He, uh, you say, what do you mean, Brother Jacob? It, it's not, we got Jews are in this basket, Gentiles are in this basket. No, 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 God says you're all in the same basket. The basket of unbelief. So why, Brother Jacob, unbelief? Yeah, why? I'll show you. God put everybody in the same boat and there was a reason. Does the phrase them all refer to just the Jews or does it refer to everybody? I'm not exactly sure. If them all refers only to the Jews, the opposite scenario is still true. Because verse 30 already expressed the guilt of the Gentiles. So verse 32 is just talking about the Jews being guilty. That's okay because verse 30 already told us about us being guilty. Y'all with me? Y'all nod your head something. Tell me you're awake, all right? Uh, So we're... Whether verse 32 is talking about Jews only or whether verse 32 is talking about everybody. Either way, the Jews are guilty and the Gentiles are guilty. Why? Because men are sinners in the eyes of God. Nobody's been good enough. Nobody's been holy enough. Nobody's been moral enough. Praise God. God demanded perfect righteousness. And guess what? You and I don't have a chance at it. A holy God demanded perfect righteousness. Miss Barbara, none of us had that. But you know who did have that and lets us get in on it? His name was Jesus. God demanded perfection. God demanded a perfect sacrifice. And we couldn't produce that on our own. But praise be unto God. He uh, presented it to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Gave us access to it through Jesus Christ. Amen. So whether this phrase, them all, refers to the Jews or to everybody in general, the truth is still the same. The fact of everybody... Being guilty is established. The Jews are guilty. The Gentiles are guilty. Why? Because the Bible tells us Romans chapter number 3, 
For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Y'all know that verse? For all, for all, for all have sinned. I'm not real smart, but I know all means all. Somebody say amen. amen. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody has sinned. Everybody has stumbled. Everybody has fallen. Everybody's missed the bar of God's righteousness. Everybody is guilty outside of Jesus Christ. Amen. I was saved when I was six years old, but I was still guilty. I've heard of people getting saved uh, at, at different ages, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. I've heard of people getting saved in their 80s before. And everywhere in between, Brother Thomas, one thing everybody had in common, they were all guilty. Amen. Can I tell you about... You said they got saved people, and then you got everybody who's not saved. Guess what's true about all them unsaved people? They're guilty too. They're guilty too. So I don't know, but everybody is guilty outside of Jesus Christ. Let me say this. Mankind, according to Romans chapter number 5, I don't know why I'm backtracking, but I guess I need to backtrack tonight. According to Romans chapter number 5, because Adam sinned, death passed through Adam unto all men. We believe Adam is the founder of the human race. He's the very first man. I believe that. I hope you believe that. Because if you get wrong uh, in Genesis, you'll be wrong in a whole lot of places as well. Amen. Uh, Adam was the first man and he sinned in the garden. His sin debt passed unto all men. That's when, when you have a little baby and they lie about something, it's sin. Yes, sir. They're crying. They ain't, ain't heard nothing wrong with them. Their diaper's dry. They're not hungry. They're just crying. They're lying. I know, we don't like talking about it. The di- difference is, is this, with, with a baby. God does not hold a baby accountable. That's right. They were born into sin nature, and they have, the, I'm not even going to say the word right, they, they're not cognizant enough yet to recognize Christ, to recognize their sin and their need of a Savior, and to trust Jesus as their Savior. Y'all, y'all with me tonight? Y'all nod your head something. Yes, that's right. I preached on that on Sunday night, Amen. The truth is, everybody, even the little babes, they're little sinners. The difference with babes is God does not hold them accountable for their sin. And I don't know why I'm preaching on this night, but I guess I need to. There is a line in every person's life, and it's different for everybody, that a time comes where they become accountable for their sins. But Jim, we're born into sin, but there comes a time when God says, you now personally are accountable for your sin. And when God makes you aware that you are accountable for your own sin... The best thing you can do is run to the Lord and put your faith in Him. Because once He makes you aware that you are a sinner and you need a Savior, if you die without Him, you will pay the price for your sins. But if you will trust Him, He'll take your sin debt and forgive you. If you'll trust Him as your Savior, you don't have to make the payment. We said it a moment ago, we had a sin debt that we could not pay, but Jesus came and paid a sin debt uh, that He did not owe. Amen. Uh, You say, what happened, Brother Jacob? We get the goods, Jesus took the bath. Thank God He did it for you, and He did it for me. I'm trying to hurry tonight. God wanted me to get hung up there, so I got hung up there. Amen. If you don't like it, put it up with Him. That's all I can say. Everybody is guilty outside of Jesus Christ. Everybody being in the same boat, occasions or 
constitutes. I really struggle with the words on how to say this. I don't. I originally wrote allows or gives ground to, but I don't want to say anything gives God permission because that didn't sound right. But an occasion or it constitutes everybody being in the same boat. Occasions or constitutes God having mercy upon all. He said, Brother Jake, that don't make sense. Everybody's guilty. Why does everybody got to be guilty? Because if everybody's guilty, that means God can have mercy on everybody. See, I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. The words upon all are most certainly referred to everybody. Let me say, Brother Jacob, why does it have to be uh, that everybody's guilty? Everybody's in unbelief. Why does everybody got to be in the same boat, the same lump, the same box, the same room? The same? Why do we got to be in that same boat, Brother Jacob? Because if some people are in this boat, some people are in this boat, some people are in this box, and some people are in that box, there would be different standards for everybody. But it's just that God and His infinite wisdom said all of mankind is in one box. It's the box of unbelief. Why does that matter? Because if everybody's in the same box, everybody can get out of the same box for the same reason. Brother, I don't know if everybody's picking. If everybody's in the same box, how do you get out of the box? For It's got to be this. If you're on the same box, you all, the only way to get out is the same way everybody else gets out. And you get out of it through the mercy of God. The mercy of God. You say, what do you mean, Brother Jacob? If only a few stand on redeemable ground, then only a few can be redeemed. Brother Thomas, if you got one box that's unredeemable and a majority's in that box, the majority can't be redeemed. But if there's a, a minority and they're in a box that says redeemable, only they can be redeemed. That wasn't God's way. If you, Brother Thomas, if you had a box that said unredeemable and there was some there, there would be some who could not be redeemed. If there was a box that some could be redeemed, only they could be redeemed. If only some stand on redeemable ground, only some can be redeemed. If only a few, only a few. If only some, only some. But since all mankind stands on redeemable ground, anyone and everyone can be redeemed. Y'all go sleep on me. It's not some can get it, a few can get it, most can get it. Brother Ed, it's everybody, everywhere can be redeemed because nothing is greater than the grace and mercy of our God. Mankind can be redeemed because everybody's in the same boat. And God, in His infinite wisdom, has the capacity because He is perfect and anyone and everyone can be redeemed. Everybody being guilty means everybody everywhere can obtain mercy. If some, you say, well, I don't know, I don't know if I like that, Brother Jacob. Everybody's in the same boat, everybody's guilty, everybody's in unbelief until you get in Christ. You switch boxes when you get in Christ. Amen. You get, you get out of a box and you get into a body. Amen. But that's a different message for a different day. You say, I don't know about everybody being guilty, everybody being unbelief. Listen to me. If everybody isn't guilty, if everybody is in unbelief, that would mean that there would be some people who, Sister Judy, innately don't have the ability to need mercy. If some people aren't guilty, Sister Linda, that means they don't need mercy. That means if some people aren't in that box, but that means they don't need to be saved. Y'all hear me? If we're not on the same boat, that means some people don't need a Savior. 
That's not true at all, is it? We're all in the same boat. We all need a God. We all need a Savior. We all need the forgiveness of sin. We all need to be redeemed from the corruption. Amen. We, we all need it. We all need mercy. If someone was not guilty, they would have no need of mercy. But since we are all guilty, then we all need mercy. Miss Macy, would you come? Just play us a verse. You don't got to sing nothing. Just, I want you to play us a verse, uh, whatever you want to. And uh, I want you to come play, play us a verse or something quickly tonight. I give you one verse of scripture, and then uh, gonna give the opportunity. Just she's gonna play a verse, and if uh, nobody needs to pray, we'll go home. The Bible said in Galatians chapter three, verse number twenty-two. Verse ties in perfectly tonight uh, with verse number thirty-two of Romans chapter eleven. Galatians three twenty-two says, "But the Scripture hath concluded." All under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. We're all guilty. Don, we're all under sin. That's right. But that's not the bad news. It'd be bad news if everybody else was in the position to be redeemed. And you were the only one that couldn't be redeemed. But I got good news for you. There's nobody that can't be redeemed. Because we're all in the same boat. Anybody, anywhere can be saved. And Galatians 3.22 highlights, it's by the promise of God, be given them that believe. I'm trying to mind the Lord tonight. She's going to play here for us a second, but I want to remind you this tonight. Acts chapter 16, there was a man, Brother Jimmy thought he lost it all. He thought he was going to be killed. He thought he lost possession of some notorious criminals. No, they weren't notorious criminals. They were preachers put in jail. But George, he's prepared to take his own life. He drew for a sword. He was going to end his life. Paul and Silas cried out, Sir, do thyself no harm. The Bible says he called for a light. He came and saw that all the prisoners were still there. Nobody had left. Brother Jim, right at the point where he started thinking about dying, ending his own life, he asked a great question. He says, Sir, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? You know what he said? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Let's stand our feet tonight. Miss Macy's going to play. Maybe you want to come thank him tonight. Maybe God spoke to your heart and you need to trust him tonight. Why don't you do that? Others have come. She's playing.